0: Welcome to Second Baptist Church. It is our privilege to have you join us through this online platform. Today you will be listening to Pastor Derwin Griffin preach from the pulpit of Second Baptist Church. If you are able, we would love to have you join us in one of our services. May God bless you. Take your Bibles if you would. Turn with us to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. You notice that on the communion table before us, is a Bible, and I made sure this morning uh, that it was turned to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Not that the significance there is that it has to be, but that happens to be the uh, what I call the version of the Christmas story that I like the most. I know that Matthew would give us things concerning this, Mark would uh, somehow have a have a great joy when I read it according to Luke uh, because he somehow relates uh, to me most uh, or let me say much uh, more than the others. Well, as we look at the passage today, Luke chapter 2 verse 8, we also will look at a few things uh, in a few minutes in chapter 1 as well. So, If I make reference to that, you'll be pretty close in your Bible and be able to turn back to that passage as well. I want to speak to you from the subject the next few minutes of good tidings of great joy. Good tidings of great joy. Last Wednesday night, uh, in our time of prayer service, we looked somewhat At joy, and uh, you know, you just can't have the Christmas season without reflecting on joy and praise and all of those other uh, things that cause us to have what I'll call a holy stir in our spirits. Luke gives us a record of this. Look with me as I read, beginning in verse 8, it said, There were in the same country. which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them, into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made haste, or when they had seen it, Yes, it, they, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning uh, the child. The Christmas season is always uh, one of my favorites in reality. Yes, there's so much hustle, and there's a lot of what many would call bustle. There's a lot of activity all through the entire month of December. And if we allow it to, it can uh, take our focus off of Jesus, who is the real reason that we are here today. There was a lady in our first service this morning. She was telling me before we started, as she called me over just a moment and said that she had uh, innocently posted on Facebook this week, Jesus is the reason for the season. And lo and behold, she was so taken aback by that because they had refused to post that saying uh, that it was offensive. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, we are living in a time where the world needs Jesus more than ever before and the reality of it is they want to hear it less uh, than they've heard it before. Jesus uh, is why we are here. And this Christmas season as I begin the month of December and I'm not sure where we'll preach next week but I know this it will be at least lifting up uh, the person of Jesus today. We are dealing with much of the preliminaries concerning uh, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, again, the subject matter of good tidings of uh, Of great joy. Brother Mike will select, uh, sure, Christmas carols all through the month. And I'm sure one of the ones that we will sing uh, easiest might be joy to the world. The Lord is come. And why? Because the realities are there that every time we see in the Christmas story, whether Mark or whether Matthew or whether Luke, uh, there is an emphasis on joy surrounding the Lord Jesus Christ. James Boyce, I was reading something this week that he had in a commentary. And James Boyce said, The world won't let us miss the holiday. There will be a little Christian sentiment, some happiness, and much activity. But this is all there will be until the angels appear with their message. We only understand the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ by revelation, but yet there are appearances of an angel or angels in the Christmas story and other appearance of an angel to Joseph later there to let him know there about this time. When I looked at that, I was reminded and I went back And I researched in the Gospels and I discovered uh, that yes, there is the appearance of Gabriel to Zechariah to announce the birth of John the Baptist. There's the appearance of Gabriel to Mary to announce the birth of Jesus. There's the appearance of an unnamed angel to Joseph to explain the virgin birth and to name the child Jesus. There again is the appearance of first one angel and then a multitude of angels to the shepherds in the fields outside of Bethlehem. And when they heard, they rejoiced to the point that they said, Let us go and see. All through the Christmas story, whether Mark, whether Matthew, or whether Luke, I have found rejoicing in every facet of this story. Let us embark on the month of December, on this fifth day, on the Lord's Day. Might we see how others rejoice so greatly with the announcement of Him who was to come? First of all, we look back in the passage that I just read. Verse 13 tells us suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Oh, I looked at that, and as I posted that, I looked at it from the perspective that first uh, that there was rejoicing in the heralds. Now, I got the word heralds uh, from a Christmas uh, carol. When we sing... Heart the herald angels sing. Now, I'm sure many of you who are in this building today, possibly at some point in your life, you were in a Christmas presentation, whether it might have been a drama or it could have been a live nativity. It could have been another scene Some of you most likely have filled the spot there of being an angel. Now, let me tell you something. We somehow place emphasis on angels being the best, but let me tell you a little secret. We are higher than the angels. Why? Because God even offered salvation to us uh, when we had fallen, but yet and still the angels did not even get that opportunity. Him. We focus on the angels though. And now they herald the good news. You know what angels are? They're messengers of God. Yes. They are delivering early the Lord's uh, message here. And it said that it came suddenly. It was not as if the world uh, was uh, anticipating this. It was not as if. Uh, The newspapers had ran the headline and said, Hey, Jesus will be born tonight. This was an event uh, that was largely not anticipated. And uh, matter of fact, you know the story. It just so happened that Joseph and Mary had to be out of town. And because of that, it even gives us, uh, I think, even a larger sense of, of the glory of the Christmas season. I was listening to someone on the radio this week. I can't remember who it was. But anyway, the individual said, now we know that Jesus wasn't born on December the 25th. And you know, whether or not you know you try to date all of this, most likely uh, that commentator or that preacher said it was possibly in October. I don't know when it was, but I'm just glad we got a day, aren't you, that we can celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus. You know, we have days for almost everything, do we not? I used to say that if you followed the Southern Baptist calendar, you would hardly ever have time to be spontaneous in preaching. Why? Because we've almost created a day for everything. But let us never, ever allow Jesus... uh, to have to uh, be fixed into our days. Let's make every day a day of Him. You know, praise is universal. Everywhere the gospel message uh, or even the Christmas message of Jesus is preached, there is praise. Now, if you watch TV through the month of December, you will notice that uh, largely Christians... uh, Uh, around the world will find a way of celebrating Christ. Although, we Americans, we have made that uh, more, uh, uh, what what can I say? We have taken some of the emphasis off of Jesus and placed it on other things. Yes, the angels, uh, they're in the heavens. The heralds were rejoicing. What if you could see the spirit world today? What if you and I could visibly see the angels? What if it was possible that we could get a glimpse now of them and see how that they are the great worshipers And in this day? The scripture tells us at the eve there, or the evening of our Lord's birth, the angels were the ones who would bring that message to those shepherds out in the field. Every text, every verse that I want to use and show you over the next few minutes, there is a continuous theme in them. And that theme is Jesus. And those who are lifting up Jesus are doing it with... uh, rejoicing heart the herald angels sing well secondly in Luke chapter 1 if you using your Bible it is right there for you to just look back one chapter and it says in Luke chapter 1 verse 39 verse 41 I printed for you however uh, the larger text is more than that but in its context uh, Verse 41 appears, and it said, It came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, church, let me remind you, I'm not trying to give you the chronological order now of the various praises, okay? And the reason I'm not, if I were, I would have had to have put this ahead of the heralds who were rejoicing. The scripture tells us in the context of Luke chapter 1 verse 39 that in those days uh, that Mary would go there into Judah to the house of Zecharias, and there was his wife Elizabeth. It says it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. She spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now, uh, a reality is, all of you ladies who are mothers, uh, there's been a point in your life during your carrying uh, of your child or children uh, when you would feel a leap in your womb. Or you might have thought uh, that this little fella or girl in my womb is going to be a soccer player because they begin to kick quite frequently. Now, I'm not making fun of that. However, some of you men, your wife might have said to you, let me hold your hand for a moment. And they would take that hand and place it on their uh, stomach, and you would feel that little lady or little fella kicking. Well, it happened that in Mary's day that she went to Uh, the house there of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is six months already along with child. And uh, that child, according to what I just read, uh, it says that once Mary shared uh, what is going on in her life and her womb, uh, that that John the Baptist uh, kicked her in her womb at the very moment. Now, you say, that's a strange coincidence. No, I believe it's more than that. I believe that the first announcement, other than Mary and Joseph, I feel that uh, the announcement of the birth of Jesus, who was to come six months now after John the Baptist would be born, what we find there is there's rejoicing in the home. Now, somehow, we think that all that rejoicing we believers do should be limited to the Lord's house. Now, when we get out on the street or when we get in our house, that's a different story. Let me tell you something, friend. We ought to be rejoicing everywhere. Why? Because Jesus uh, there has come to save us from our sin, but also... Our great opportunity is to exalt Him among those possibly who have never heard. You know, sometimes we think that everybody I know has heard about Jesus. We think that our whole community has heard about Jesus. And yes, quite possibly they own a Bible. Quite possibly they go to a Sunday school or maybe they sit in a worship center somewhere on the Lord's Day. But friend, do you know there's a time in every person's life in which that story moves off of that page and it moves into their heart and we'll see in a moment. And that gospel message creates life and that life there Brings rejoicing. Yes, Elizabeth, similar to Mary. Elizabeth now was an older lady. And she and her husband had no family there. And, and you know, they were sort of like Abraham and Sarah. They, they were not really expecting no young'un at this age in their life. You know, I read a story... Last week or week before last, I went home and I told Debbie, I read a story of a 50-year-old lady who had given birth to a child. Now, we say that ain't possible. Well, it it, it was possible, undoubtedly. And I didn't read it off the National Enquirer while I was walking through the line uh, to pay out in Walmart. You know, they used to put all that garbage up there, didn't they? Well, now you don't stand in line anymore. We have to check your own groceries out, so I don't have time to read the Enquirer. You know what? The story of Jesus, it would have made the inquirer, wouldn't it? Because nobody would believe that a virgin would conceive and bear a child. It's not humanly possible. But aren't you glad God is not limited to the human spectrum? God is not limited. Why? Because the Creator of all things In the beginning, he spoke the world into being. And now it's evident. Zechariah and Elizabeth are going to have child. And he's a significant fellow himself because he's going to be the forerunner. He's going to be the announcer of Jesus. And friend, do you realize that John the Baptist, he would largely... For the first 30 years of Jesus' life, John the Baptist would be the one that would be introducing him. Now, the one who leaped in the womb at the sound of the announcement of Jesus' impending birth, he now was the one introducing him. There's rejoicing in the heralds. The angels sing. The angels pronounce. There's rejoicing in the home. I'm glad to tell you today that rejoicing in Christian homes is not a thing of the past. It is still happening. Friend, don't let it be said of your home that you have ceased to lift up Jesus at Christmas. Might it be a time to be very faithful to that. So I see rejoicing of the heralds, rejoicing in the home, then we get back to the text that we've read this morning. There's rejoicing on what I call the hill outside of Jerusalem. I mean, outside of Bethlehem. What we see there, or what I read again in verse 12, this angelic host is describing an event, and they say this shall. Or the angel said, "This shall be a sign unto you." You can find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now if you were not in that drama or in that Christmas play or at that live nativity, If you were not an angel, you might have been at least qualified to be a shepherd. You probably had that little uh, shepherd's crook, and you probably stood there, and you were proud that you got to be a shepherd. Can you imagine these fellows? These fellows now that have heard from the angels that there was a great event that had taken place, and there was a child that is wrapped in swaddling clothes. The scripture tells us they even began to rejoice. Why do I know that? Luke chapter 2 verse 17 to 20 says in verse 20, The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. My mind begins to wonder, praising the Lord, that unless it is to be changed, you know, I was always thankful that we still lived in a part of the Bible Belt where every Christmas at least the local newspapers would devote the whole front page to the Christmas story. They didn't do it every day in December, but I'm glad they at least did it one day. Aren't you? Not everybody knows. Not everybody has heard. As a matter of fact, some who have heard have forgotten. We need to keep lifting up the message of Jesus. Those shepherds, and sometimes we think the shepherds were... Those of a lesser sort or baser sort. We think somehow the shepherds were the least appreciated. Or maybe they were working the menial jobs, if you do much research on that. Many believe that this was some very, very uh, important shepherds. They believe that this might have been on a hill in, in which the sheep there were being raised to be the sacrifices that would be offered in the temple. I don't know if all that's true or not, but I'll tell you this. The shepherds were very important people to this Christmas story. And the scripture said they had what? heard. You know, sometimes just hearing something is intriguing to us. But they had heard. But the scripture said they also went and saw. And when they had heard and saw, it says they began to glorify and praise God. For let's never allow praise to become something of the past in our times of worship. Do you realize that every Lord's Day should be that time of praise like we read here? Don't get so preoccupied with the things of the world in which we forget to keep lifting up our Lord Jesus. It is said uh, futuristically, it is said in Luke chapter 2 verse I mean in Matthew chapter 2 verse 10 it is said that there were another group of people that we attached to the Christmas story that most likely did not come to the Christmas scene but it would have been later. But it said of those when they saw the star it said they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. I find no I find nothing in the gospel accounts of the birth of our Lord Jesus. I do not find anything there of a negative sort. It was all a place of rejoicing. Luke chapter 2 verse 27 tells me also there was rejoicing in the heart. If I remember correctly, I was reading this week about Jesus being brought to his time of dedication. Luke 2.27 said, uh, there verses 27 to 29, it said, He came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he, being the priest, the man in the charge, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Did you know when, the, when he saw Jesus, Simeon saw Jesus, that he said, Lord, I've been waiting to meet Jesus. I've been waiting to meet the Messiah. And now my eyes have saw him. Lord, let your servant die. Now, friend, there's a lesson there for us. And I think that lesson for us is that if Jesus is good enough to live with, he sure is good enough to die with. Now, it might sound morbid to you, but if you've never been by the bedside of someone who knew Jesus when they left this life, you've missed one of the greatest blessings there is. Simeon said, Lord, I've saw the Messiah. Let me go in peace. Now I close this today. There's rejoicing. There were the heralds, the angels. There was rejoicing in the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth. There's rejoicing on the hill. Man, the shepherds out that night, they heard the story. They went and they saw and they begin to greatly rejoice. But there is a rejoicing that, That is happening today, happening in heaven. Luke 15, 7 says, and again, you know I'm getting out of the Christmas story just a moment. But it's about the Christ of Christmas. Matter of fact, it's why he came. Luke 15, 7 says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. More than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. Imagine the building being full this morning. Imagine, 40, imagine 400 people sitting here, shoulder to shoulder. We would go away rejoicing, Oh Lord, wasn't it good that the house was full? You know, the scripture tells us that there is more rejoicing over one who comes to Jesus than over the other ninety-nine who are sitting there. Now, that's not usually the way churches operate. We like to brag about our numbers. Well, how many was there? How many did you have today? How many did you have so-and-so? Well... I like the numbers, believe me. But the Scripture says there is rejoicing in heaven when one person recognizes their sin, confesses their sin to God privately, but also their faith in the Lord publicly. That is repeated almost verbatim in verse 10 of Luke 15. Likewise, I say to you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. Those of you who have given your life to Jesus, do you remember what it was like? Have you been long forgotten that sense of peace that overwhelmed you when you surrendered your life to Jesus? Did you know there's someone, maybe in your family, maybe in the office where you work, possibly on the pew where you sit, that has never responded to Jesus? The Scripture tells me heaven rejoices when sinners repent. Now with that in mind, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads with me today. And I'm going to encourage you, those of you who know Jesus, you know him in the pardon and forgiveness of sin, pray for someone that you know who may not know him. You know why? Because everybody ought to know. Pray that they get an opportunity. Like Simeon, to know Jesus before they depart. It's decision time, isn't it? December 2021, can you imagine, could be the greatest time you've ever lived. Time to trust Jesus. Others of you might have other decisions to make. I'm not sure what you're going through today. But I promise you that our Lord is the answer to your need. Can you trust Him? Father, I thank you that this week you've stirred my spirit My spirit has focused on rejoicing. Lord, it's easy to go into the department store. It's easy to get on the sidewalks and hear people who are so critical, disturbed, even hopeless. But yet and still, Lord, we know that because of Christmas that we have hope because of the Christ of Christmas. Lord, remind this group today that Jesus loves sinners. And Lord, remind all of us that Lord, now is the time in which we need to respond to the call of Christ. Bless this time of invitation, time of decision. Whatever is done or said in this time, I pray you'll receive all the honor and glory.